0: Ali Baba and the 40 Thieves by Arabian Nights. In a town in Persia, there dwelt two brothers, one named Kasim and the other Ali Baba. Qasim was married to a rich wife and lived in wealth and plenty, while Ali Baba had to maintain his wife and children by cutting wood in a neighborhood forest and selling it in the town. One day when Ali Baba was in the forest, he saw a troop of men on horseback coming towards him in a cloud of dust. He was afraid they were robbers and climbed up among some rocks for safety. When they came up to him and dismounted, he counted 40 of them. They unsaddled their horses and tied them to trees. The finest man among them, whom Alibaba took to be their captain, went a little way into the bushes and said, Open Sesame! So plainly that Alibaba heard him. A door opened in the rocks, and the captain made the troops go in. He followed them, and the door shut again by itself. They stayed inside for some time, and Alibaba fearing that they might come out and catch him, was forced to sit patiently, hidden in the rocks. At last, the door opened again. And the 40 thieves came out. As the captain had gone in last, now he came out first and made them all pass by him. He then closed the door saying, Shut Sesame! Every man saddled his horse and mounted. The captain put himself at their head, and they departed as they had come. Then Ali Baba climbed down from the rocks and went to the door, concealed in the bushes, and said, Open Sesame! And it flew open. Ali Baba, who expected a dull, dismal place, was greatly surprised to find a large, excavated vault, well lit from an opening in the ceiling. He saw rich bales of merchandise, silk fabrics and brocades of all piled together, gold and silver in heaps, and money in leather purses. He went in, and the door shut behind him. He did not look at the silver but brought out as many bags of gold as he thought his donkeys, which were browsing outside, could carry. Loaded them with the bags and covered the bags with firewood. Using the words, Shut Sesame, he closed the door after him and went home. Then he drove his donkeys into his own yard, shut the gates, carried the bags to his wife, emptied them out before her. He bade her keep his adventure a secret and told her that he would bury the gold. Let me measure it first, said his wife. I will borrow a measure from someone while you dig the hole. So he she ran to the wife of Kasim and borrowed a measure. Knowing, or knowing Ali Baba's poverty, the sister-in-law was curious to find out what sort of grain his wife wished to weigh and artfully put some suet at the bottom of the measure. Ali Baba's wife went home and began to measure the heap of gold. So much was there that she had to fill and empty the measure often. By the time she had finished, she felt extremely pleased. She took the measure back to her sister-in-law without noticing that a piece of gold was sticking to it. Cassim's wife saw it as soon as Ali Baba's wife's back was turned. She grew very curious, and said to her husband when he came home that evening, "Cassim, your brother is richer than you. He does not count his money. He measures it. He begged her to explain this riddle, which she did by showing him the piece of money and telling him where she had found it then kasim grew so envious that he could not sleep and went to his brother in the morning before sunrise ali baba he said showing him the gold piece how is it that you pretend to be poor and yet you need to measure your gold by this ali baba realized that through his wife's folly kasim and his wife knew his secret so he confessed all and offered kasim a share that is my due, said Cassim. but I must know where to find the treasure, otherwise I will try to discover it for myself, and you will lose it all. Ali Baba, more out of kindness than fear, told him of the cave and the very words to use. Kasim left Ali Baba immediately, meaning to reach the cave before his brother and take the treasure for himself. He rose early the next morning and set out with three mules loaded with great chests. He soon found the place and the door in the rock. He said, Open Sesame! And the door opened and shut behind him. He could have feasted his eyes all day on the treasure, but he hurried to gather together as much of it as possible. When he was ready to go, He could not remember what to say, for he was thinking only of his great riches. Instead of open sesame, he said open barley, and the door remained fast. He named several other sorts of grain, for sesame is a kind of grain, all but the right one, and the door still stuck fast. He was so frightened at the danger he was in that he had forgotten the word as if he had never heard it. About noon, the robbers returned to their cave and saw Cassim's mules roving about with great chests on their backs. This gave them alarm. They drew their sabers and went to the door, which opened when the captain said, Open, Sesame. Cassim, who had heard the trampling of the horses, "'resolved to sell his life dearly. "'So when the door opened, he leapt out and threw the captain down. "'His efforts were in vain, for how, for, in vain however, "'for the robbers soon killed him with their sabres. "'On entering the cave, they saw all the bags laid ready "'and could not imagine how he had entered without knowing their secret. "'They cut Kasim's body into four quarters.' and nailed them up inside the cave in order to frighten anyone who should venture in. Then they went away in search of more treasure. As night came, Kasim's wife grew uneasy, and she ran to her brother-in-law to tell him where her husband had gone. Ali Baba did his best to comfort her, and set out for the forest in search of Kasim. The first thing he saw on entering the cave was his dead brother. Full of horror, he put the body on one of the mules and bags of gold on the other two. And covering all... Covering it all with firewood, returned home. He drove the two mules laden with gold into his own yard and led the other to Kasim's house. The door was opened by the slave, Morgiana, whom Ali Baba knew to be both brave and cunning. Unloading the mule, he said to her, This is the body of your master, who has been murdered. We must bury him as though he had died in his bed. I will speak with you again but now tell your mistress that I have come. On learning the fate of her husband, Kasim's wife broke into cries and tears, but Ali Baba offered to take care of her for life if she would promise to accept his advice and leave everything to Morgiana. She agreed to this and dried her eyes. Morgiana, meanwhile, sought out an apothecary and asked him for some lozenges. My poor master, she said, can neither eat nor speak, and no one knows what his illness is. She carried home the lozenges. Next day, she returned to the apothecary, weeping, and asked for an essence only given to those almost dead. Thus, in the evening, no one was surprised to hear Kasim's wife and Morgiana shrieking and crying, and telling everyone that Kasim had just died. The next day, Morgiana went to an old cobbler named Baba Mustafa, who opened his stall early near the gates of the town. She put a piece of gold in his hand, bound his eyes with a handkerchief, and told him to follow her. Bringing his needle and thread, She took him to the room where the body lay, pulled off the bandage and bade him sew the quarters together, after which she covered his eyes again and led him back to his stool. Then they buried Kasim and Morgiana, his slave, followed him to the grave, weeping and tearing her hair, while Kasim's wife stayed at home, uttering mournful cries. Next day, Ali Baba and his family went to live in Kasim's house, and Kasim's shop was given to Ali Baba's eldest son. The forty thieves, meanwhile, returned to the cave and were astonished to find Cassim's body gone, as well as some of their money bags. "'We are certainly discovered,' said the captain, "'and we shall be ruined if we cannot find out who it is that knows our secret. Two men must have known it. We have killed one. We must now find the other.' To do so, one of you who is bold and clever must go into the city dressed as a traveller and discover whom we have killed and whether men talk of the strange manner of his death. If the messenger fails, he must lose his life, lest we be betrayed. One of the thieves started up and offered to do this, and after the rest had commended him highly for his bravery, he disguised himself and happened to enter the town at daybreak, just by Baba Mustafa's stall. The thief bade Baba Mustafa good day, saying to him, Honest man, how can you possibly see to stitch at your age? Old as I am, replied the cobbler, I have very good eyes, and you will believe me when I tell you that I have sewn a dead body together in a place where I had less light than I have now. The robber was overjoyed at his good fortune and, giving the cobbler a piece of gold, asked to be shown the house where he had stitched up the dead body. At first, Mustafa refused, saying that he had been blindfolded. But when the robber gave him another piece of gold, he began to think he might remember the turnings if he was blindfolded as before. This method succeeded. The robber partly led him and was partly guided by him right to the front of Cassim's house. The robber marked the door with a piece of chalk. Then, feeling pleased, he bade farewell to Baba Mustafa and returned to the forest. By and by, Morgiana went out and saw the mark the robber had made. She quickly guessed that some mischief was brewing fetched a piece of white chalk and marked two or three doors on each side, without saying anything to her master or mistresses. The thief, meanwhile, told his comrades of his discovery. The captain thanked him and told him to show them the house he had marked. But when they came to it, they saw that five or six of the houses were chalked in the same manner. The guide was so confounded that he did not know what to say, and when they returned to the cave, he was at once beheaded for having failed in his mission. Another robber was sent, and, having won over Bub and Mustafa, marked the house in red chalk. But Morgiana was again too clever for them, and the second messenger was put to death also. The captain now resolved to go himself. He was was wiser than the others, and did not mark the house, but looked at it so closely he could not fail to remember it. He returned and ordered his men to go into the neighbouring villages and buy 19 mules and 38 leather jars, all empty except one, which was full of oil. The captain put one of his men, fully armed, into each, rubbing the outsides of the jars with oil, from the full vessel. Then the 19 mules were loaded with the jar of oil and the 37 robbers in jars, and they reached the town at dusk. The captain stopped his mules in front of the house and said to Ali Baba, who was sitting outside in the cool evening air, I have brought some oil from a distance to sell at tomorrow's market, but it is now so late that I know not where to spend the night. "'unless you will do me the favour of taking me in.' "'Though Ali Baba had seen the captain of the robbers in the forest, "'he did not recognise him in the disguise of an oil merchant. "'He made him welcome, opened his gates for the mules to enter, "'and went to tell Morgiana to prepare a bed and supper for his guest. "'He brought the stranger into his hall, "'and, after they had had supper, went again to speak to Morgiana in the kitchen. While the captain went into the yard on the pretext of looking after his mules, but really to tell his men what to do. Beginning at the first jar and ending at the last, he said to each man, he said, as soon as I throw some stones from the window of my bedroom, cut the jars open with your knives and come out and i will be with you in a trice and that boys and girls is good night for now the end of part 1 of ali baba and the 40 thieves To be continued. Sleep well, little ones. Sleep well. Night, night. Do not worry. Beginning at the first jar and ending at the last, he said to each man, as soon as I throw some stones from the window of my bedroom, cut the jars open with your knives and come out, and I will be with you in a trice. Uh He returned to the house, and Morgiana led him to his room. She then told her fellow slave, Abdullah, to make some broth for her master, who had gone to bed. Meanwhile, her lamp had gone out, and there was no more oil in the house. Do not worry, said Abdullah. Go into the yard and take some out of one of those jars. Murgiana thanked him for his advice, took the oil pot and went into the yard. When she came to the first jar, the robber inside said softly, Is it time? Is it time? On finding a man in the jar instead of the oil she wanted. Any other slave at Morgiana would have screamed and called for help. (coughs) But she, knowing the danger her master was in, thought of a plan and answered quietly. Not yet, but presently. She went to all the jars, giving the same answer, till she came to the jar of oil. Morgiana now realised that her master, thinking he was entertaining an oil merchant, had let like 38 robbers into his house. She filled her oil pot, went back to the kitchen, and, having lit her lamp, went again to the oil jar, and filled a large kettle full of oil. As soon as it boiled, she went and poured enough oil into every jar to stifle and kill the robber inside. When this brave deed was done, she went back to the kitchen, put out the fire and the lamp, and waited to see what would happen. In a quarter of an hour, the captain of the robbers awoke, got up and opened the window. As all seemed quiet, he threw down some little pebbles which hit the jars. He listened and, when none of his men stirred, he grew uneasy and went down into the yard. On going to the first jar and saying, are you asleep, he smelled the hot, boiled oil and knew at once that his plot to murder Ali Baba and his household had been discovered. He found all the thieves were dead, and seeing that the oil had gone from the last jar, he realised how they had been killed. He then forced the lock of a door leading into a garden, and climbing over several walls, made his escape. Morgiana saw all this, and, rejoicing at her success, went to bed and fell asleep. At daybreak, Ali Baba rose and, seeing the oil jars there still, asked why the merchant had not left with his mules. Morgiana bade him look in the first jar and see if there was any oil. Seeing a man, he started back in terror. Have no fear, said Morgiana. The man cannot harm you. He is dead. Ali Baba, when he had recovered from his astonishment, asked what had become of the merchant. Merchant, she said He is no more a merchant than I am And she told him the whole story Assuring him that it was a plot of the 40 robbers of the forest And that the white and red chalk marks had had something to do with it She thought three of the robbers were still alive And she did not know that the two messengers had been put to death Ali Baba at once gave Morgiana her freedom Saying that he owed her his life. They then buried the bodies in Ali Baba's garden while the mules were sold in the market by his slaves. The captain returned to his lonely cave, which seemed frightful to him without his lost companions, and firmly resolved to avenge them by killing Ali Baba. He dressed himself carefully and went back into the town where he looked where he lodged at an inn. He made a great number of journeys to the forest, carried away many rich fabrics and much fine linen and set up a shop opposite that of Ali Baba's son. He called himself Kojia Hassan and as he was both civil and well-dressed he soon made friends with Ali Baba's son and through him with Ali Baba. Him he was continually asking to have supper with him, Ali Baba, wishing to return his kindness, invited him into his house and received him smiling, thanking him for his kindness to his son. When the merchant was about to take his leave, Ali Baba stopped him, saying, "Where are you going, sir, in such haste? Will you not stay and have supper with me?" The merchant refused, saying that he had a reason. When Ali Baba asked what that was, he replied, It is, sir, that I can eat no foods that have any salt in them. If that is all, said Ali Baba, let me tell you, there shall be no salt in either the meat or the bread that we eat tonight. He went to give this order to Morgiana, who was much surprised, as the custom was that if friends ate salt together, their friendship was made sacred. Who is this man you speak of who eats no salt with his meat? she asked. He is an honest man, Morgiana, replied Baba. Therefore do as I bid you but she could not resist a desire to see this strange man so she helped Ali Baba carry up the dishes and realised instantly that Kojiya Hassan was the robber captain and carried a dagger under his garment I am not surprised she said to herself that this wicked man who intends to kill my master will eat no salt with him but I will hinder his plans she went up She went up the supper with Ali Baba, with Abdullah, while she prepared for the boldest feat she had yet attempted. When the last course had been served, Kojiya Hassan was left alone with Ali Baba and his son, whom he intended to make drunk and then murder. Morgiana, meanwhile, put on a headdress like a dancing girl's and clasped around her waist a jewelled belt from which hung a dagger with a silver hilt. She said to Abdullah, Take your tambourine and let us go and entertain our masters and their guest. Abdullah took his instrument and played before Morgiana, until they came to the door, where he stopped playing and she made a low curtsy. Come in, Morgiana, said Ali Baba, and let Koja Hassan, see how you can dance. Koja Hassan was by no means pleased, for he feared that his chance of killing Ali Baba was gone for the time being. But he pretended great eagerness to see Morgiana, and Abdullah began to play and Morgiana to dance. After she had performed several dances, she drew her dagger and made feints with it sometimes pointing it at her own breast, sometimes at her master's, as if it were part of the dance. Suddenly, out of breath, she snatched the tambourine from Abdullah with her left hand, held it out to her master, clutching the dagger in her right. Ali Baba and his son put a piece of gold into it, And Koja, her son, seeing that she was coming to him, pulled out his purse to make her a present. But while he was putting his hand into the tambourine, Morgiana plunged the dagger into his heart. Wretched girl, cried Ali Baba and his son. What have you done to ruin us? It was to preserve you, masters, not to ruin you answered Morgiana. See here, opening the false merchant's garment and showing the dagger. See what an enemy you have entertained. Remember, he would eat no salt with you. What more would you have? Look at him. He is both the false oil merchant and the captain of the 40 thieves. Alibaba was so grateful to Morgiana for thus saving his life that he offered her in marriage to his son who readily consented and the wedding was celebrated with great splendor a few days later at the end of the year alibaba having heard nothing of the two remaining robbers judged that they were dead and set out for the cave the door opened when he said open sesame going in He saw that nobody had been there since the captain had left it. He brought away as much gold as he could carry and returned to town. He told his son the secret of the cave, which his son handed down in turn. So the children and grandchildren of Ali Baba were rich to the ends of their lives. And that is the end of ali baba and the 40 thieves from the arabian nights good night everybody good night little ones say good night <gasps> night night